We talk of Christ, we rejoice in Christ, we preach of Christ, we prophesy of Christ, and we write according to our prophecies that our children may know to what source they may look for a remission of their sins. This is episode 22, Doctrine and Covenants 58-59, through 59, Anxiously Engaged in a Good Cause. We're studying it May 24th through the 30th. I was so excited for this lesson <laughs> when I saw what it was on. Um, I actually kind of skipped ahead a couple weeks ago, just kind of looking to see what was coming up, and I saw it, and I was so excited because um, it's about agency. And agency is seriously one of my favorite things to talk about. Um, maybe because I'm so grateful that I have it in my own life. Um and it's just something that I'm really passionate about. And so I was really excited that we're going to teach it this week. just want to give a little bit of background about what's going on in the church at the time. So the saints had been told to go to Missouri. And went, so the elders of the church went. And when they first got there, they were not like, this is Zion? Like, this is it? Because, I mean, it's... The end, the edge of civilization. Um, they thought they would find like thriving, industrious community and and lots of saints and, um, but instead there was, you know, it's kind of the, the end of the world as they knew it at the time, you know, and there was a rough bunch of people there and <laughs> it was, it was not the the Zion that they had pictured when they were told to go there, and. It, I like what it says in the, um, in the Individuals and Families Manual. It says, it turned out that the Lord wasn't asking them to just come to Zion. He wanted them to build it. When our expectations do not match reality, we can remember what the Lord told the saints in 1831. You cannot behold with your natural eyes for the present time the design of your God and the glory which shall follow after much tribulation. Yes, life is full of tribulation, even wickedness, but we can bring to pass much righteousness, for the power is in us. Isn't that beautiful? So if you think about that as we're going through these sections, you'll kind of see the tie back into what the saints were going through. We're going to talk about agency and choosing. We're going to talk about being grateful. And we're going to talk about keeping ourselves unspotted through the world by keeping the Sabbath day holy. So, the first section is Heavenly Father has given me power to choose. In the older kids section, it's agency is the power to choose. Both of these are section 58, and we're going to be looking at verses 27 through 28. And I'm going to read those first so we can kind of refer back to it. It says, Verily I say, men should be anxiously engaged in a good cause, and do many things of their own free will, and bring to pass much righteousness. For the power is in them, wherein they are agents unto themselves, and inasmuch as men do good, they shall in no wise lose their reward. So, I like, um, kind of like the little, um, there's like a paragraph underneath the title of the section, and it says, Help the children know that Heavenly Father wants us to make good choices that bring happiness to our lives and others. This is our objective. This is what we're trying to teach the kids the importance of making good choices, and that's how we can be happy, and that's how we can return to our Heavenly Father. 
in the older kids section is a little bit more descriptive. It says, God has given us the power to choose, and with that power we can bring to pass much righteousness. How can you help the children you teach see that even though there's wickedness in the world, the power is in them to do good? Guys, there's so the spirit is so strong. When I read this, these lessons in, sometimes I'm just overwhelmed how lucky I am to be a mom to these beautiful spirits. I love this phrase, the power is in them to do good. I'm sure a lot of us have experienced those misgivings when we look at the world around us and the evil that we're faced with and and it's continuing to get worse and worse um and our children are growing up in this and I'm kind of scared to see what the world's going to look like in 10 or 20 years when they're when I'm ready to like let them go you know and kind of be on their own but I love this that we're trying to teach them that even though there's wickedness in the world, the power is in them to do good. I really, really like the whole idea around teaching them that they're capable and that they can make good choices despite the world around them and what's going on. All right, so one of the activities that it suggests is that you could read those verses to the kids. And this is more for the younger kids. It says, put a happy face on one side of the room and a sad face on the other side of the room. And you can ask them how they feel when they, when we choose to do something good. And they'll pick the happy face. And then you can describe situations where um, they pick. And they can move from side to side of the room. And this kind of could be a fun activity. So you could say, what... What is the consequence or how do you feel when you hit your brother? And they'll hopefully realize that they don't feel good when that happens, right? And um, how do you feel when you give your mom a hug? How do you feel when you invite a friend to play? How do you feel when you take something without asking? And you can go through a bunch of scenarios of choices that they can make and... They can choose whether they think it's going to be good or bad. It does say to describe several situations along with a good or bad choice for each one. After describing it, situation and choice, ask the children to stand by the happy face if the choice is good and by the sad face if it's bad. Um, another thing, another activity is you could show the children um, two different containers. One of the containers can have lots of colors of crayons in it, and the other container can have one crayon in it. And say, which of these do you think is a better container for us to use? Which one would you pick to use if you had a picture you wanted to color? They're probably going to pick the one with all the crayons, right? Because they like to have choices. And you like to have the ability to choose instead of having, being stuck with one color. Isn't that a cool analogy? I kind of liked that. The... the manual suggested and it says explain that being able to choose is a blessing from heavenly father isn't that beautiful i love that and i was thinking about that in my own life the ability to choose makes my life colorful it gives it meaning and it's not it's not so forced or bland and when you think about satan's plan and 
the plan that he suggested um, that we would be forced to make all the right choices so that we would all return to our Heavenly Father. We would not be given agency in, in Satan's plan. And I love that in the Lord's plan, there's color. And because of the contrast of the colors, it's beautiful. And so we learn all about opposition. We learn all about because there's the evil, there's also good. Because there's sin, there's righteousness. Because there's sadness, there's also happiness. In Satan's plan, we would have been happy because nobody would have ever been sad. Does that make sense? So I love thinking about that and kind of comparing it with the colors and the art analogy. There has to be contrast and there has to be a variety or else it's not agency. And I love that. I love that to teach the kids all about agency. All right. Another thing you could do is tell the children about time when you made a good choice and how you felt afterward. Invite the children to draw a picture of your story or a story of their own and let them share pictures with the class and tell their story with their picture. I like that too because especially with little kids, having them share an experience is kind of over their heads. A lot of them can't. I mean, if you ask them to share an experience they had choosing the right, they might talk about what they had for breakfast or what they got for their birthday or what they're hoping to get for Christmas or whatever it is, right? And they're totally off topic. <laughs> it just happens all the time but if you have them draw a picture of something that made them happy of something that they did that made them happy and then talk about it I love that because you're directing them helping them think it think about it draw it and then talk about it so really good ideas of things to do with the kids all right jumping down to the older kids section all right so this one um, has another object lesson for the older kids. It has a piece of paper, and on one side of the paper you can write choice, and on the other side write the word consequence. And I've seen this done with a stick as well. Um, and so tell the kids that all your choices have consequences and that the results naturally follow your actions. And tell them to pick up the paper and show them that as you pick up the paper, on the choice side, the consequence will always follow. Or if you pull it, the consequence is always attached. Um, and so it asks, what choices can we make that will bring to pass much righteousness or good consequences? I kind of like this. Um, even talking about the kids, you could list choices with their consequences on the board and maybe put... A happy face or a sad face next to it to kind of help the kids see here's your choice here's your consequence and with the consequence is an emotion right and and not and sometimes the emotion is the consequence but other times the consequence might be that you get grounded and of course that leads to sadness <laughs> maybe the consequence for lying to your friend is that they don't want to be your friend anymore that makes me sad. That's a natural consequence, but that would make me sad if my friend stopped being my friend. Um, anyway, so you could talk through that. And you could also talk about when good choices that, cons that have consequences that bless other people as well. Um, 
You could also write some phrases from those verses on strips of paper and hand one to each child and have them read the verses silently and ponder their phrase and then invite the children to sit in order in which their phrases appear in those verses so that you'll have to read them or have the kids find them in the scriptures and have them put themselves in order and then share with each other what they learned and then ask the kids to share what they think the message is in the verses. You could also sing some songs about agency and um, the song that the manual suggests is Choose the Right. Um, I also know there's one called As a Child of God, which is a newer one that's really good. Um, let me look it up. I had it pulled up. Let me see where it went. Aha! Found it. Okay. Alright, I'm going to read the verses, the lyrics for As a Child of God, which I found in... I think it was the two, a 2019 friend. Um, so it says, I came to earth with power to choose. Good choices bless me and my family too. As a child of God, I receive special light. The Holy Ghost helps me to know what is right. I feel so safe and happy because such, such feelings of peace come from family love. As a child of God, I receive special light. The Holy Ghost helps me to know what is right. In my own home, I'll happily serve. I'll strengthen my family by my good works. As a child of God, I receive special light. The Holy Ghost helps me to know what is right. I really liked that one because it talks about the blessings that come from choosing the right. Um, and then there's another one that I found. I don't know if you know this, but if you go on your um, LDS Tools app and in the music section there's a section called sing-along videos and if you go in there there's tons of sing-along videos you can do with your kids and one of them is called my power to choose and it talks about agency so that could be a fun one to do with your kids as well there's a bunch out there that talk about agency so some good stuff and things um, my favorite and I've read this before in past podcasts but my favorite hymn is um, know this that every soul is free. I love that hymn, and I get so excited, and I feel the spirit so strong when I sing that hymn. I got to sing it in conference choir back in 2010, I think it was, um, or 2009. <laughs> I can't even remember anymore. Um, I got to be in the choir that sang in the conference uh, at conference and that was one of our songs and it meant a lot to me as I learned the lyrics and and I felt the spirit really strongly as I was learning and and singing it and I know that Heavenly Father wants us to know that our agency is a gift from him because he wants us to be happy he wants us to choose to return to him I know that as we teach our children that they'll appreciate it kids like to be able to choose I'm sure you've all experienced that <laughs> giving your kids choices is important to them and I know it's important to me and so teaching them about that gift from our Heavenly Father can be really meaningful the next section is called Heavenly Father wants me to be grateful it says tell the children something that you're thankful for and ask them to share things that they're thankful for Read Doctrine and Covenants 59, verse 7, and have the children think of ways they can thank Heavenly Father for their blessings. 
What could they make to take home to remind them to thank Heavenly Father for their blessings? Um, so I like this. This is a good thing to talk about with the kids. Um, just being grateful. Alright, Doctrine and Covenants 59 verse 7 says, Thou shalt thank the Lord thy God in all things. How important is it that we help the kids recognize that everything we have is from our Heavenly Father and He He blesses us. I I know in my own life I I try to recognize the Lord's hand in everything. Um, and this is something that the kids will see through your example. Um, it also, in the manual, it says to sing together a song about gratitude, such as for the health and strength. There's so many gratitude songs in both the hymn book and the primary book. So you can find a song about being grateful. And you can. it says in that specific song, you could replace words in the song with other things that they're thankful for. So, just so you have an idea, it's a round, and it's really short. It says, for health and strength and daily food, we praise thy name, O Lord. So, you could replace it. So, you could say, for toys and games and the switch, we praise thy name, O Lord. You know, and like, let the kids talk about things that they're grateful for. Um, and it's fun to put that in there. Kids love to mix up words and songs, so that's a really... That could be a fun activity to do for family night or in a primary class. Um, and if we go to, oh, sorry, one more thing in the primary book. It says, let the children draw pictures of things that they're thankful for. I, again, we like this. I like this a lot. I talked about this a little bit before. But when kids draw pictures, it's a way for them to share because sometimes kids still struggle with putting things into words and expressing themselves. Um, and I know my kids still struggle expressing themselves through pictures too, but at least it gets them thinking and it gets all the kids a chance to share something through, um, representation rather than trying to come up with words. In the friend, there's a whole bunch of stuff about gratitude and thankful and some of the same, I suggested some of the same activities that's in the primary book, but... It quotes Jesus. It says, Thou shalt thank the Lord thy God in all things. Which is what we just read. It says, Jesus taught this. Um, and one of the suggestions that wasn't already in the primary book says, Make thankful journals with your family. You can fold pieces of paper together and make a book and decorate the cover. Every night before you go to sleep, write or draw three things you're grateful for. Um, this is a fun thing you could do through the week with your family. Just have the kids... You could even do this as a book where everyone draws a picture of something they're grateful for every day. And then you could put it together into a book as a family. Or you could have a, some kind of a sketchbook or something like that that everyone can write in or put a picture in. Whatever you feel like works for your family. But I this is something I've tried to do in my personal life. I don't always do it. It's just kind of, you know, it's one more thing. And, uh, but I have in, at times kept a gratitude journal and just tried to recognize the Lord's hand in my life every day. And when I do, it's amazing to me because throughout the day, I'll notice something. I'm like, oh, that's something I'm going to write about in my gratitude journal tonight. Um, and I know 
um, President Iring gave a talk about this in the past of just recognizing the Lord's hand and writing it down daily. And I love that. I love being able to create a legacy for our family and kind of, it's, you're writing a journal. You're keeping track of things that have happened to you and things that the Lord has blessed you with through your, through your life. Um, in the Individuals and Families Manual, um, the top, the part that talks about gratitude, it's the title, the blessings come according to God's timing and our diligence. And I love, I love that it's, it's a good reminder for us that we shouldn't expect all the blessings that we want in this life right away. Um, some things we have to work for and some things we just need to wait for. Um, in Doctrine and Covenants 58, verses 1 through 5, it says, Hearken, O ye elders of my church, and give ear to my word, and learn of me that I will concerning you, and also concerning this land unto which I have sent you. For verily I say unto you, Blessed is he that keepeth my commandments, whether in life or in death, and he that is faithful in tribulation, the reward of the same is greater in the kingdom of heaven. Do we have to sometimes wait till after this life? You cannot behold with your natural eyes for the present time the design of your God concerning those things which shall come hereafter, and the glory which shall follow after much tribulation. For after much tribulation come the blessings. Wherefore the day cometh that ye shall be crowned with much glory. The hour is not yet, but is nigh at hand. Remember this which I tell you before, that ye may lay it to heart and receive that which is to follow. Now when you think about the saints coming to Missouri, and it was not as they expected it to be. They thought they were going to come to Zion and have this beautiful, thriving place to live, and it was going to be amazing, right? And um, it was not what they expected. Have you ever been disappointed? Have you ever had an expectation that wasn't met? Everyone has, right? And you think about kids. This, My kids get so upset when something that they were expecting to be a certain way doesn't happen. Um, so if, <laughs> if plans change or if something um, may not be the same as it was before, like uh, for example, when we, um, when we go somewhere, my kids get it in their head that it's going to be the same as it was another time that we've been there or... Um, Sometimes they even get it in their head that we're going to do things a certain way. My son thinks that every time we go on a road trip, we need to stop and get donuts or some delicious breakfast. And I'm like, so we've had to like talk him through it and and tell him like, we don't do that every single time. Like we've done that one time before. <laughs> that doesn't mean we're going to do it again. Um, sometimes we just go, we just drive and um, and we don't always leave in the morning. So it's not always like in our best interest to stop and get breakfast. <laughs> and um, sometimes we just we just don't need the extra sugar. Um, and we have to talk him through it. And it's helped. But kids are... It's, it's a sensitive thing when you have an expectation and it's not met. I know that's part of why so many women hate Mother's Day. Because you have an expectation of what you think it should go like. And it doesn't ever go that way. <laughs> I think recognizing that not everything goes the way we expect it to. And helping our kids see that. And 
seeing that they can still be grateful through despite not having everything go the way they want it to. Does that make sense? So that's the lesson I got out of this section. The next section is called The Sabbath is the Lord's Day. And in the younger kids section, it says, As you share the joy you have found by keeping the Sabbath day holy, you can help the children see the Sabbath as a day when we worship the Lord. For the older kids, it says, The Lord said that observing the Sabbath helps us keep ourselves unspotted from the world. That's in Doctrine and Covenants 59, verse 9. How can you help the children you teach honor the Sabbath and make it a sign of their love for Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ? I love thinking of it that way. When we honor the Sabbath day, we're showing Heavenly Father that we love Him. Alright, so some of the activities with keeping the Sabbath day holy. It says, you can bring pictures or objects that depict good things we can do on Sunday to worship the Lord and find joy. Some of the ideas are in Doctrine and Covenants 59 verses 9 through 12. Um, and you can also look in the For Strength of Youth pamphlet. So I'm not going to go through all that because I feel like for so long in my life, I've made lists of things that are appropriate or things that are not appropriate. And I feel like as I've grown up, it's not quite so black and white, especially in families. Um, for example, I grew up, my grandparents had a pool, and we, but we never went swimming on Sunday. We never went to their house and swam on Sunday. My family, we live in Arizona right now, and we have a pool. And... We swim on Sunday, occasionally. Um, because my husband and I sat down and we talked about our options and things that we we talked we you know we talked about what we felt like was appropriate for our family. Um, our kids need some good solid exercise outside family time. On Sundays because for so long Sunday was we're just gonna stay in our house <clears throat> sorry we're just gonna stay in our house and you know play games and read books and they're bored out of their minds because we don't let them do video games and um, and their normal the normal things that they think of um, doing we sometimes will watch uh, we watch the chosen on Sunday often or we'll watch um, sometimes we'll have like a family movie that we watch together and, um, but we've chosen as a family because especially in the summer in Arizona, you can't just go for a walk to get out of the house. It's too hot for that. <laughs> so as a family to spend time outside, to just mix it up, a lot of times we will let our kids swim or we'll swim with them and, that was a that was really hard for me to like wrap my brain around for a long time and be okay with because I grew up not swimming on Sunday. That was never allowed. Anyway, so what instead of for me, instead of me listing things that you should or shouldn't do on Sunday, I want this to be something hopefully you can do as a family. This is a great thing you can do for a family home evening. Um the um activity that goes with this lesson is um, on the paper it's kind of like a spinner right so you can put a the arrow on and spin it around and around the 
the board of the spinner are different things you can do on Sunday. And there's some blank ones that the kids can draw their own picture. Um, some of the things on there is like, you know, visiting grandparents or um, I think reading scriptures was on there. You know, there's like several things. Taking the sacrament was on there. So it's kind of a good way to help kids see that there's lots of things you can do on Sunday. Um, and you can come up with some things of your own that would be good. Um, my in-laws, I really like this. When I, we first got married, I remember my in-laws had a little jar, um, in their house and it said Sunday ideas and they just had pieces of paper in there of things they could do on Sunday. And I like that cause they, they were saying that if they got bored, they could pull out a piece of paper and it would have an idea of something they could do on the Sabbath. And I was like, that's a cute idea of just keeping, keeping things, um, exciting. Like when the kids are like, I don't know what to do. I'm bored. I want to do my video games. And we're like, sorry, that's not happening today. <laughs> um, there's, um, they have options and coming up with the options and brainstorming together as a family would be a really great family home evening that you could do together and talk about things that you you like to do on the Sabbath. Um, there's another activity that says prepare a simple matching game in which the children match phrases from Doctrine and Covenants 59, verses 9 through 16, to the correct verse. Choose phrases that teach what the Lord wants us to do on the Sabbath. Um, for me, I would probably do this, but have it with like the words with the pictures or something like that. Um, if you wanted to put together a matching game. <laughs> Some people are super artistic and could do this. I could do this. I could draw a little picture of something that would kind of go with the words, but um, I it, it depends on how much time you have, right? You could maybe find something similar on the internet, just saying. There's so many things out there that you could find that someone has already created. Um... It also says you could discuss the phrases that you're using in your matching game to talk about how those things help us come closer to our Heavenly Father. Like, why do we um, do these things on the Sabbath day? So I just wanted to read a little bit of that just so we have an idea of some of the things that we can do. All right, so it says, that, And that thou mayst fully more... Sorry, and that thou mayest more fully keep thyself unspotted from the world, thou shalt go to the house of prayer and offer up thy sacraments upon my holy day. I love this. We are keeping ourselves unspotted from the world um, by going and taking the sacrament. For verily this day is a day appointed unto you to rest from your labors and to pay thy devotions unto the Most High. Nevertheless, thy vows shall be offered up in righteousness on all days and at all times. But remember that on this, the Lord's day, thou shalt offer thine obligations and thy sacraments unto the Most High, confessing thy sins unto thy brethren and before the Lord. So how do setting apart a day to take the sacrament, to rest from your labors, to worship the Lord, to <clears throat> make promises to the Lord, and to repent? To confess. How to setting apart one day every week help you be closer to our Heavenly Father. Um, isn't that beautiful? That if we focus 
at least once a week on doing all these things, we're going to be more unspotted from the world and we'll grow closer to our Heavenly Father. Isn't the Sabbath day a gift? I remember people talking about that in general conference. I think it was President Nelson talked about it being a gift from our Heavenly Father. And growing up, I never felt like the Sabbath day was a gift. I felt like it was a chore. And my kids currently feel like it's a chore. And it's we have to endure. We just have to get through Sunday. And I don't want them to feel that way. I want them to recognize that the time we spend together as a family and the spending a day thinking about our Heavenly Father and making it separate from the world is a gift to help us become more like Him. So in the in the manual it says, The Sabbath day is the Lord's day, a day to show that we remember the many works of the Lord as we worship Him. Help the children ponder these works by inviting them to read the following scripture passages and showing them related pictures. So you can look up Genesis 2, 1-3, through 3, which talks about the creation. And you could also look up John 20, verse 1-19, through 19, and that talks about the resurrection. So these are mighty works that took place on the Sabbath day. Um, so what other mighty works of the Lord can we remember on the Sabbath? What else do we learn about the Sabbath from Doctrine and Covenants 59, verses 9-16? through 16? So... We talk about we rest on the seventh day because the Lord rested on the seventh day, and we can also remember that our heavenly or that our Savior was resurrected on Sunday on the Sabbath day. Um, it's interesting if you want to get into the history of it. Before the resurrection, the Sabbath was Saturday. It was sunset from sunset on Friday night until sunset Saturday night, and that's still true for Jews. Um, we did not start observing the Sabbath on Sunday until Jesus was resurrected. Once Jesus was resurrected on Sunday, that's that became the Sabbath day for the Christians because we were commemorating the resurrection. I'm grateful. For, I was just thinking, <laughs> I'm grateful for this lesson. But the lesson on gratitude made me grateful. I... And grateful that I was able to study this lesson and that I have the opportunity to share with you every week things that I'm learning. It's really helping me to stay focused on studying the scriptures and putting Come Follow Me first. I, <clears throat> I'm not perfect at applying what I teach in my family. Because it's hard. And I want you to recognize that it's hard. But I also want you to see that you can do it. And I want you to use inspiration to know what's going to be best for your family. Whether it's spending time every single day reading the scriptures. Or if it's doing an activity. Or maybe it's just once a week. Maybe you just do a family home evening lesson on Come Follow Me. And that's all you're able to do. But I hope that you're spending time reading scriptures with your family every day, whether or not it's Come Follow Me related. <laughs> I hope that you take the time to study in your personal life so that you can have the Spirit with you and you can have peace and that you'll be able to have a good spirit in your home and that your kids will recognize that that Spirit comes from our Heavenly Father.
I encourage you to share things that you're doing with your family um, with me. I would love to see examples of how you guys are applying Come Follow Me with your family and your kids and in primary classes. And um, if you have a really great idea, I want to hear it. I want to share it. And um, I hope that the community that we can build together to support each other and be be strong mothers of Zion, fathers in Zion, that we can work together to raise our children in righteousness and we can lean on each other for support when it gets hard. I hope you all have a great week. Sorry, this podcast seems a little frazzled. <laughs> I had to record it in like lots of little chunks because of just how my week went. So hopefully it doesn't seem too spliced and too uh, scattered all around, but have a great week. Hopefully next week's podcast goes a little better than this week. And I will um, talk to you next week. Thank you.